Okay, good day. Um, Happy New Year to everybody. Um, this is, as you can see, we're having a little bit of technical difficulty already. It's the start, first time of the year. So I um, apologize for the technical difficulties. Um, but I think this is going to be a good chat. Um, I'm talking today to Piwe Enzusani Mawela, who is was meant to be the last guest of 2023, but is now turning up as the first guest of 2024, which is probably even better than than it was going to be. Um, unfortunately, as you can see, Piwe is having some technical difficulties as well, and we don't have her on camera right now, but she is there. And um, if we're lucky, the camera will start working later. If not, you just look at me instead and listen to Piwe. Um, so Piwe, for those who don't know, is basically she, she was on... I think it's a PW, it might be nearly a year and a half ago now we were talking about African craft brewing and traditional brewing. And mm-hmm. it was on with Kweza from Rwanda and Bature from um, Nigeria and talking about, as I said, traditional brewing in Africa and the modern craft brewing and what the beer scene was like. But um, since then, you've been incredibly busy. <laughs> Hi Brian. <laughs> um yeah, I, I'm sorry about the technical glitch. I think it's just the yeah. beginning of the year, still kinda getting used to, you know, it was a good rest. Uh, yeah. but yeah, we we back at it as it was a crazy busy year looking forward to uh twenty twenty four. Yeah. Um as I as I mentioned on the, the introduction and people should go back and watch those two sessions. I think they were very good. They were very very informative for me anyway um but you are as i said like you're, you're a driving force not just in south african beer but in across the whole continent and you're you, you have a string of firsts that are probably longer than my arm so um maybe what we should do is, <laughs> before talking about what you're doing now maybe we should just go back a little bit and you could kind of introduce where how you got into brewing and where you kind of where, where your career has taken you up to this point yeah, um, so I am, I'm a microbiologist um, by profession. I actually got into microbiology or brewing um, because when I was in high school, I actually got into, I went for an open day, for a career day, where I learned about the study of microbiology and biotechnology uh, through a display that was done at the university at the time. And then I decided to to try out this microbiology thing, even though I didn't know what it was. Ended up uh, actually working for um, SAP, South African Breweries, recruited through their graduate recruitment program, trained as a brewer. I think my my first was a, my first of the first was um, when I completed my national diploma in clear fermented beverages, which was the which is actually the the brewing qualification in South Africa. So I was the first South African to complete a brewing qualification and be accredited in the country. Um, I then stayed with the breweries, train, became like moved up within the ranks. Um, and then seven years, eight days later, I actually left. Um, I, started, I started my entrepreneurial journey. This was 2015. Uh, before I left, I was um, the company's craft beer specialist. So uh, that's where the craft beer bug bit, because uh, before then I was more mainstream um, beer brewer. And uh, I started a brewery called Brew Hogs, which is based here in Johannesburg in South Africa, <clears throat> in Kailami. So there was five of us in partnership. 
And then uh, two years later, I left that um, and then started my own brewery, which was the first um, black female owned uh, craft brewery in, in, in the country. And uh, that was back in 2018, 2019. Um, we got funding from one of the government entities to set up the brewery. And um, yeah, 2020 happened. Um, and that was obviously a very tough time. We ended up having to close down the brewery, but then privated and actually continued with Dologazi, uh, the brand. So at the moment, um, I'm, I've been working for the past two years uh, growing Dologazi, the brand, which is actually a brand that for me celebrates um, Africa. I think everything that I've done actually has been about celebrating women, celebrating Africa, celebrating African ingredients. And just showcasing to the world, you know, that, you know, we here, we exist, and we're doing amazing things. So, yeah, that's in summary. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think you've left out about, you know, you, you were ahead of the various um, kind of trade bodies, and you, you like, like you said, yeah. the, there's a list of stuff there that's just longer than my arm. So. <laughs> but yeah, so I've been... Yeah, I've been involved in the industry for for for, for quite a while. Um, I was the uh, chairperson of the um, Institute of Brewing and Distilling Africa section. Uh, founded was one of founding members of the Craft Brewers Association of South Africa, and I was the founding chair of the Beer Association of South Africa, and uh, the African um, um, was agricultural entrepreneurs so i've been involved in quite a few organizations and still am involved in a few and um this is actually wanting to f um start a few more because i think there's quite a lot of gap um we as entrepreneurs within the industry we we sort of like all pulling in different directions um and and something that i want to focus on this year within the continent that you know we we have craft breweries um, starting to grow within the continent but everyone is starting from scratch whereas you know within within Africa there's so many um, collaborations and learnings we can share and we seem not to have a um, a platform to do that and that's something that actually one of my to-do lists for this year. Yeah if I if I'm right uh, and correct me if I am wrong um, but South Africa has more has the majority of the craft breweries in the continent, I think. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Is there, do you think that, like, is there a reason for that? Is that because South African breweries was located there and it fed out? Or how? why do you think South Africa itself has many? And, and I think it's still relatively small compared to, you know, percentage-wise compared to, say, the US or something like that. Yeah, so we, before the pandemic, we were sitting to close to 200 craft breweries across the country, um, and a few closed down, including mine. Um, and now we, we're down to probably about 150, 160. Um, and majority of them located, I think, all close to probably like 60% of them are in the Western Cape, which is where Cape Town is. And and that's linked to uh, actually tourism because um, you know Western Cape is where a lot of um, there's a lot of tourists coming through. Um, that's where Table Mountain is. We it's a beautiful beautiful part of the country, and we also have a I mean it's well known for the wine industry, and I think it's probably one of the reasons um, you know you you notice that in many other countries where 
if a country is well known for its like wine or any other um, beverages that you know with the craft wave, it's easier to pick up because you know you already have um, people coming in to experience and are already used to like trying different things and knowing that you know um, with any product there can be varieties, there can be more than just one dominating player and i think that's helped us a lot and i and also in south africa if you look at um its growth compared to other countries in the continent it, you know it's been one of the fastest growing countries coming out of 1994 um you know there's been a lot of growth and change within the country that has fueled a lot of that growth also and if you and and, and if you look at the second the country that's got the second most number of craft breweries, which is um, Kenya, you know, it's also, it's similar where there's a lot of um, economic growth and, um, you know, a, a higher number of people that are at a higher LSM or higher can afford more things, uh, are looking for experiences. And that's what craft beer drinkers typically are across, uh, I think, across many countries. Yeah, it's interesting it's interesting you mentioned the tourism side of it because I, I still come back uh, way back. We had um, Killarney Brewing here, and I don't know, you probably don't know, but Killarney is a major tourist major tourist town here. It, it, you know, it's it's a major attraction. Um, and what he was telling me as well, the brewer, is that at first he couldn't get into the local pubs. He just, like, the local pubs were not, until it was all the tourists kept asking for the local beer. And then they had mm-hmm. to stock him because... But but the locals weren't looking for it, and the pubs weren't stocking it. It's just because he was asked that, you know, that the tourists demanded it. So then that that led from there. That sounds like it's kind of at least some of the the start of what got you started there. Yeah, yeah, and then then it goes from there to as you said to the locals start drinking it. And if you have a a higher income than average income, then obviously there's more people can 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 afford to buy it because. Yeah. Yeah, because um, what I found interesting, like since we were talking about the the craft and the the traditional brewing that time, like I said, it's nearly a year and a half ago now. I talked to a number of brewers across Africa as well, and you know, Kwesa, um, Kalawa in Senegal, um, two five four in Kenya, um, who else was a Benangue in Uganda, and mm-hmm. yeah, so like they're all seem to be growing, but they are pretty much except maybe for Kenya, like you said, like there's only one or two craft breweries in each country, really. So it is really at, at a very early level. But but I think what what's happening is they are, to a large extent, focusing on... They're, they're not focused on like what the Americans will be on, you know, pure IPAs and that. There is a, there's a lot more kind of local influence. And I know that's what you're doing is you keep trying to, you know, use local ingredients and use African ingredients to make make something that isn't just a copy of somewhere else. Mm. Yeah, I think uh, for me, it's always been about, you know, um, I think when we, when the industry started, obviously we, we we had to follow trends. And in South Africa, we follow a lot of the American trends and European trends. I mean, everyone, when I put their IPAs, milk, <laughs> milkshake IPAs and, <laughs> and, and all the variations of them, but for me, it was always it's always been about you know how do we start our own trend you know how do we um, how do we you know create our own identity as 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 brewers within the continent you know what do we want to be known for uh, we want to be known for making 
another vice beer where as Germans make, I mean, like that's what they've been doing for four centuries and that's their style. So why should we then try and just make something, make it like try to be the same? Well, how about we, if, if we're to use those beer styles, but how do we make it, how do we own it? So that it becomes a a, a version of of our own, you know, it, it it represents who we are, and for me, you know, also talks to when people visit our country and our continent that, you know, we want them to to remember um, the experience, we want them to come back for more, and and I think for me, you know, the the beverages, the beers, and and what we offer other than the food and, and, you know, and the beautiful clothes and the dancing and all our beautiful safaris and, you know, all that stuff is, is combination, in combination can actually create a, um, a representation of, of who we are and what we have to offer. Yeah. And that's what I've been focusing on in the last year. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, you, you've had flashback, but even Talakazi, as you said, like it's very much comes from your clan and it has the design around it's not, you know, it's using the the can design and the stuff to to educate people as well. It's not it's not kind of in your face like this is something, but it's something that you pick up and you'd ask, you know, where does where does the design come from? Where does the name come from? Where the name is, yeah. and that leads people into asking, into discovering more. Then, and that yeah. is, I mean, Talakazi itself, it's um, obviously you're you're primarily in South Africa, but you're you're also now as of christmas or so you're, you're kind of distributing in the uk as well aren't you yes uh so we uh, i think actually the relationship started during the pandemic uh, in 2020 um, um and it was through linkedin um and so i was just sharing you know my my journey and you know what was happening in south africa um in terms of the um, the lockdowns and because we had one of the toughest lockdowns in the in the world we we had total shutdown we, we were not allowed to brew to sell to distribute anything for for a few months so it was a very very tough time and in in that i actually got to connect with a james one of the founders of br52 which is a subscription subscription based distribution um model in a company based in the uk and uh, and what they do, they actually curate mixed cases for their members, and they they source beers from different parts of the world. So and then in our conversations, you know, I started, you know, um, explaining to him, look, what I wanted to achieve with the brand, that I wanted to be, I want Dologazi to be a brand for that represents Africa in Africa, but also represent Africa outside of the continent. Um, and 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 then he liked the story and the brand story, and uh, we actually brewed our first beer in twenty 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 one, um, a Sogam Pulsner. So it was actually one of my main lines, and it got very good reviews. Um, and then last year we actually signed a three year distribution deal, um, which is starting this year. And uh, so I decided to actually launch something different and unique. Um, which was the um, the Marula Farmhouse Ale. So uh, Farmhouse Ale Saison is actually one of my favorite styles, um, and and I wanted to use that as uh, and use the Marula fruit, which is currently one of my favorites at the moment. Um, you know, a very underrepresented 
uh, fruits, but you know, there's actually a brand that's made the fruit very popular across uh, across the globe. Uh, I don't know if you've tried it, the Amarula liqueur. No. Never, yeah, it's if you go to any South African shop anywhere in the world, that's one alcoholic product you'll find. Okay. <laughs> and and so for me, it was to actually sort of like kind of I think ride on that to say you know people already are familiar with it now let me just take it an, a next step and 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 put it in a in a beer um and we brewed in belgium um so the beer we actually brewed it at, at beer select so i thought you know let me let me try what your belgians are known for <laughs> and and see whether i can actually um bring some african influence in the style and see what um, the feedback is from the consumers. And I mean, so far from the reviews, um, obviously there's some people who rave about it, who love it so much. And then there are very, very few that, uh, but they would typically say it's not my style. And, yeah. you know, they're forgiven for that. But the people that enjoy the style are actually quite uh, pleased with how the product came out. Okay. So the Belgium side, was that, I mean, I, I guess that was just purely kind of a cost and not, you know, shipping costs and stuff. That that was the reason it was yeah. done in Belgium and stuff. So did you go to Belgium? Did you, how, like, wh wh what was it like to have to go to Belgium and then try and set up the brewing of it and with something that maybe they're not so familiar with? Yeah, so it's it was actually also my first time in Belgium. So it, it was an opportunity to also see the beautiful country. Um and 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 see the, the the as they call it the capital of beer, yeah. <laughs> um you know so it was it was a a process I mean it took us a few months because um you know from the recipe formulation and working with with the brewmaster at the brewery you know making sure that we are aligned in terms of you know the ingredients um you know because I use sorghum I use sorghum as one of the cereals. Um, you know, trying to source that, um, and also <clears throat> the marula itself. So it was a bit of a, of a bit of a challenge um, to try source the materials and and the hops. Because for me, I I I I, 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 I my, my beers are all using South African hops and all the other ingredients. So trying to coordinate all those logistics, um, which obviously proved proved quite um, quite costly. So I kind of had to, um, uh, you know, for example, with the hops, I was like, okay, it's fine. You know, let's try find a, a, a something similar, uh, a noble hop that is available in the area. Um, but, you know, for me, the sorghum had to be in there. The marula had to be in there. So there's certain ingredients that, you know, accord to, to the brand and the beer and itself that, you know, had to be in there. And the trip to Belgium was very exciting and, and, and spending the time at the brewery and meeting a lot more people and actually tasting because um, I've also got time to um, visit other breweries in the area and uh, taste different beers, which was quite quite fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, there is there are a lot of breweries in Belgium. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I didn't even I didn't even touch. I just did one, two, three. I, I was like, you know, I actually need to probably spend a whole month here. <laughs> I think even longer than that. But um, yeah, even I mean, okay, an awful lot of them are still their own by ABN, but they're just brands. But even outside of that, like, there's just there's just so many people are just yeah. people just brew kind of in all over the place. <laughs> but 
Yeah, so I mean, so so that was a three year. You said a start of a three year deal. Yes, yes, yeah. So um, so um year so, a year or multiple beers a year or. So at the moment we we're going to be doing the current uh, beer for for the year of twenty twenty four, and it's actually going to be part of. Um, Beer 52's welcome uh, box. So they're doing a, a beers of the world uh, mixed case. So they've got some beers from New Zealand. Um, uh, uh, mine, my Tolagazi from Africa. They've got a brewery coming in from, I think they've got a brewery from Argentina. So it's really um, a mixed case that um, celebrates different parts of, of the uh, the beer world. And uh, when people subscribe to Beer 52, so that's going to be like their welcome pack for the year of 2024 because every month they've got a different um, theme. Every um, every month is a different theme box, uh, but our box is going to be part of that for the year. And then, um, then we'll see, you know, sort of like how the beer performed, whether we want to continue with it or create something else. And I think for me, it's probably I'll create something else just to... Um, um, you know, to have more people talk about, uh, you know, try figure out, like you said earlier, what is it? Where is it coming from? Why is it like that? And then, and so, and then I think from my discussions with the guys at BF22, is they're also looking at expanding outside of the UK into the EU, um, and 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 hopefully that will also then open up, you know, more opportunities for for the guys to get to more people's throats. Right. And is that kind of where you see your growth coming from is all outside of Africa or do you see, do you still see a lot? Because I know like you've also opened a, a, a tap room, I think, haven't you? Yes. yes. I recently opened a tap room in Soweto. So Soweto is one of the famous, uh, one of the big townships in South Africa. Usually my tap room is like a street away from um, uh, the famous street called Vilagazi Street in Soweto which is where uh, Nelson Mandela's house is um, and uh, Desmond Tutu's house is. So they've got like, it's it's one of those, uh, the two Nobel uh, prize winners in one street. Uh, and it's like a very busy tourist attraction um, site. So it's actually, you know, aligned. And, and the reason why I moved there also for me, because then it aligns with where the direction I want to take the brand, that it becomes in, in you know part of the tourism offering um and yeah and, and and looking to grow also in the in the country but um you know looking for opportunities everywhere i guess um you know it's, it's one of those things that you're gonna have to try it all and see yeah. which one works out <laughs> so it's not yeah. it's kind of a you don't have a big set strategy it's just kind of take the opportunity as you see it and see yeah. what with it as long as you can yeah, I think for me as the big, the bigger, um, the bigger goal or the North Star is, you know, it's 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 celebrating Africa through beer. Okay. Celebrating now, Africa through beer in Africa, outside of Africa, and how that unpacks or unravels as time goes by, I am not hundred percent sure yet, but at the moment I'm just enjoying the ride and um, hoping that you know, I get to celebrate Africa through beer. Right, yeah. I mean, that ties in with all the other stuff. Like I said, I was talking to various other African brewers and basically everyone knew you. Like you were involved in everyone's brewery somehow or other. So um, 
you seem to be spending your time traveling the the whole continent at least and just visiting people and helping them set up a brewery yes yeah it's it's i mean for me it's 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 um i believe this whole ideology if you want to call it i'm not going to be able to achieve it by myself um you know it it it, it requires everyone else i mean the it's all even if you look at Johannesburg where I am, it's so big I could never get to everyone. Now if you look at the continent as a whole, it is huge. I mean, like, you know, there's certain countries in the continent that I've never been to. Um and 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 for me to sort of like say this is my thing only, it's not gonna really work. I feel the more of us who are involved, the more of us who talk about it, um, the more we actually gonna celebrate Africa together. And, and continue to to grow and has that having more I think for me seeing more breweries opening up and more people seeing the opportunity within within the industry yeah because I suppose it comes back to what we were talking about like that time about traditional <laughs> brewing I mean traditional brewing from what I understand is still it, it's still maybe the majority of brewing across the continent yes you know, it, I mean I remember that was, was Benange were telling me like they estimate you know 60 percent of the beer drunk in in Uganda is home brewed essentially or traditionally brewed or it's it's outside of the whole you know commercial scene so so one there's I suppose there's a huge opportunity but two how will how do you balance that I mean that that is a whole tradition it's a whole culture and then is it at risk by or is it benefiting from having this kind of craft scene as well or did you worry that maybe you're going to end up kind of killing it somehow or or that you can help it retain its its cultural significance yeah no for me it's it's around um a bit of both so in south africa for an example we we get we're having um a lot of urbanization we a lot of people are moving away from the traditional settings and spending more time in the big cities, and you see that in most of the big, um, in the in the more well more developed uh, countries, you know. So what is happening is that people are um, we we not we losing that culture that uh, heritage, you know. For example, with our uh, traditional African beer, Gomboti, you know, people are um, the young ladies are not spending that much time in the villages with the grandparents with the mothers to actually be ensure that the the you know the tradition has been passed on and the young men uh don't want to be seen to be drinking the 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 murky they want to be seen holding a green bottle with a clear beverage that is crisp and cold like the person they saw on tv you know so you're starting to see a lot of that um and for me it's about how do you know what can we do to sort of preserve some elements of 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 of, of that tradition? Um, you know, even though people are getting modernized and moving away, and thinking that they 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 are more woke. <laughs> like, but how do we how do we how do we continue? How do we evolve? You know, as as communities and 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 and, and um, people evolve, and you know how do I make sure that the beer also moves with those times not to replace the the traditional beers but to to carry elements of that into the future and and that's where I see myself yeah because it's I suppose it is like a, it, it's a 
it is really a balancing act because you don't you you can't freeze like culture evolves like you said i mean it's culture doesn't just freeze so then the beer is going to change but it's yeah you don't want to you don't want to freeze it but you don't want to kill it either and the commercial side you know it is a i can see it's a tricky thing and then i mean you you see it even in kind of northern europe like nor norwegian farmhouse brewing and lithuanian they're still they're still traditional brewing the way they used to but it's it's you know just about hanging in there and then, and then when it's gone is when people value it it's you know <laughs> and then we we go we kind of go back in circle and then we <laughs> yeah, but, yeah but then it's trying to revive it and then it's never quite the same and yeah it, it's it's a tricky thing um but yeah i mean it, it sounds like it's yeah uh, it, it's a thing that you know you like you're not trying to preserve rural Africa as it is and never changing it has to change as, yeah. as other culture does so then you just yeah what can you do to keep these elements of it alive and at least an awareness and an appreciation and and yeah reflecting that in your like you said using sorghum using marula is there anything else then that you're trying to bring in from there into into your beers as well or is it like what other elements do you think can come in? Is there any kind of technical elements in addition to the ingredients or? Yeah, no, at the moment, I've been just been focused on the ingredients. Um, and, and also, you know, through, because I also have a, like a non-profit organization where um, I usually host a Ngomboti uh, um, brewing competition, okay. which then focuses more on, on the <clears throat> preserving the, the traditional way of brewing, where we, like for example, this year planning to uh, roll it out across the country, okay. where in, in different um, communities actually uh, make sure that <clears throat> we're getting the, the the technical or the the actual brewing itself, the methodology itself, to be to be actually passed on. Uh, and then I've been also been working uh, closely with some universities um, because we also are currently have a wave of um, uh, academics who are, are doing research on on the topic and and trying to learn more on you know for example the 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 yeast itself you know because um, the 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 brewing is is a wild fermentation. So what yeast strain is that? You know, is it one yeast strain? What yeast strains are there? What bacteria is it? Okay. And looking at the different um, tribes also within South Africa who are all doing it differently. Um, to say people in the northern part of the continent, in the northern part of the country, you know, how do they differ from people in the eastern part of the country? So there's quite a lot of um, interest in the academic space um, on the topic. I mean, there's also, I know there's some masters, some students who are doing masters and PhD work on, on, on actually still doing the traditional method, but seeing how we can actually commercialize that product you know, and, and keep it sort of the same. So so that's some of the things that I actually also quite involved with and, 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 and looking at, um, you know, possibly ideas of like new products or new ways of doing things or um, as we grow, how do we all grow together? Right. Yeah, the reason I was asking is because I was thinking Jesse and Quaze, I was saying that, they're as far as i know the only 
brewery that's using some like 80 to 90 percent sorghum and she was saying like because well if you use more than i don't know what percentage it was 20 percent or something normally people are adding in enzymes but they're able to do it because they were using a traditional malting method including banana yeah. dry bananas and that was you know it's a traditional method and somehow or other that brings in the enzymes that are needed whereas everyone else is kind of adding, adding yeah. you know yeah. partial enzymes so i was wondering whether there were there's some way of using using elements like that yeah no it's not it's not something that i personally have looked into but um when i was in rwanda you know it was also one of those fascinating things for me you know because um theory says one thing i mean the beer books say one thing that you can't if you're using sorghum you have to use enzymes and you know and seeing um you know the guys in rwanda being able to make ipas and lagers and wide range of different beers um without adding any any external enzymes but just all natural traditional way throughout um you know it's 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 actually yeah it was actually an amazing thing to see which proves that you know we like for me that within africa we have we have all the the means and the house we just it's just that most of that indigenous knowledge is it has not been documented yeah. um and it, it it's not something that is probably let's say common knowledge um and even the people that are the custodians of the tradition um maybe might not fully understand or comprehend the like the depth of the knowledge they hold yeah. and how that knowledge can actually be used in a commercial setting um yeah you know so like if, for example we we also had a, a marula we had a marula brewing competition um early last year in in um in like a deep deep rural area in one of the provinces in south africa and you know seeing people that uh, uh and the, one of the ladies came to me and she's like you know she doesn't just brew with marula but you know she brought me fruits i've never heard of in my life before that uh i they just grow in that area you know and she's like no i brewed this with this i brewed that with that and i was like oh my god this is actually you know i might I, i might have been touching the surface of this thing but you know there is this is so deep um and 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 it is so much that still need to be uncovered and 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 commercialized through all this and see how do we preserve it how do we and and how do we make sure people actually because in South Africa we have a lot of for a high level of unemployment so my thing has always been like we we're not all going to be formally employed but how can you take what you have and what you know and use it to generate uh, a living for yourself and and um and that's why these competitions for me are about it's about and uh, capacitating people to actually think beyond just you know the 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 small surroundings yeah well like i said i mean if you can make it popular especially it's always sad to say but if you can make it popular among foreigners it just becomes more popular inside the country then like it's no matter where no matter what country you're in you know people look up but um okay so i mean you've got all that you've done it where and like you said you, you just touched on there that one of the other things you did was you were often often rwanda helping set up a brewery there um where are you going to go next year or this year i suppose it is 
What, what um, yeah, this year I've got I've got a few international trips uh, confirmed already. So I will I'll be judging at the World Beer Cup in in Las Vegas in April, um, and also judging at the um, European Beer Star in um, coming to Germany again in September. I've got a trip to the UK to obviously promote the the beer there. And then I've got another trip to Belgium because I need to come check on my brew. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, and then within the continent, nothing confirmed as yet within Africa, but um, been talking to a few guys. And I uh, also wanted to spend a bit more time home <laughs> this year. No, last year I traveled too much. So uh, I'm hoping to spend a little bit more time home. Um but we'll see. We'll see how how the year goes. Still, the third of the of the third third day of the year, so <laughs> still many days. So it's only day three, and you've already got about <laughs> six months planned. Yeah. Uh, so how do you how do you actually find time to brew anything? So at the moment, I'm actually contract manufacturing. So that that um so that allows me a bit of flexibility. So I don't have to be the every day all the time all day so um so i typically just go in um you know when i'm around spend the day with the brewer um just to obviously keep track and keep check on things um but obviously i mean traveling the good thing about um covid what it showed us is that you can work anywhere in the world you don't have to be physically there um yeah and i mean because i do my I do my beers in one brewery and I do my ciders in another brewery. So it's always trying to, you know, manage um, my time between the two. And um, obviously the team, my team, the Tologazi team, assisting um, to make sure that obviously everything is is uh, the beer quality and um, we, we, we are selling and then end. So trying to balance everything. <laughs> okay. And then... Do you have a list right now of what ingredients, what, what beers you're you're planning to kind of develop over the next year, or is that still up in the air? Um, I actually have uh, one of the we've got a beer festival here in South Africa called uh, Clarence Beer Festival. It takes place every year around um, this year. It's in the first weekend in March, and uh, so as one of as one of the festival rules, as a brewer, you kind of have to bring in something unique um and so i'm doing a rooibos a rooibos saison uh for that uh that's something that definitely on my radar and then um there's a brewery that i normally do collab work with they based in um in in cape town in the western cape um salt barrel so they specialize in barrel aging so for the past two three years we've been doing a collaboration on um actually bringing in the traditional African beer and barrel aging it. Um, so we've been doing that collab. So, so that's something that we've got, we've got planned already and uh, seeing what other ingredients we can put in that. And yeah, and then I think for me is um, two, three throughout the year, maybe two more um, brews that I want to try get out there. I haven't figured out yet exactly what ingredient. Um, I was talking to some guy in uh, who reached out from Zimbabwe who was saying that you know 
day they've got this um, fruit that he, he thinks would work well for one of my beers. So he's supposed to be sending me samples and then I'll try that and see. So, you know, with with the work that I do and obviously talking about it, I actually get people that call up and say, hey, have you tried this before? Have you tried this before? Did you know about this? And 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 half of them I'm, I've never heard of them before, <laughs> you know. So which is quite exciting because I'm also learning in that process. Um, so yeah, yeah, that, that that's one of the things that you mentioned earlier. Like people, if you're using something or you know something or that, and it's just come to you, you assume everybody else knows it as well, and everybody is kind of familiar with it, and then like that you know they come out and ask you and you've never heard of the fruit or you've never heard of this yeah. technique or it's it's just yeah it's amazing how much people know without realizing that they know it um, yeah so um and that's that's not just in brewing that's in in everything really you know you, you if you're familiar with it you you just assume it's it's common knowledge Everyone knows. Yeah, common then you that then you you realize and you charge a fortune but uh, everyone else assumes it's it's common knowledge so um i mean that is I don't know. I don't know how to how to top all that. It's a busy year. Um, you know, from a, an already busy year. Um, but it sounds exciting. I mean, will your will those beers are will the beers outside South Africa only in this year be available through Beer Fifty Two, or do you have any other possibility possibility to to sorry to distribute them anywhere else or through someone else? Or is it um, so the. So it's it's actually a non-exclusive um, deal. Okay. So um, so one of the reasons why I've got the trip planned to the UK is also to then, uh, you know, from where because then obviously the nice thing is that they they've in, they started introducing the brand to the market. So for me, it's a more to say, okay, what can I do to take it the next step? Okay. You know, um, and who can I who, who can I collaborate with? Further, you know, I mean, even with the trip to the US, um, already talking to, um, I don't know if you know Celeste from Harlem Brewery, in right. in in uh, yes, um, we're already talking about uh, doing a collaboration, um, because for me that's kind of like the strategy I want to try to to say, you know, being being able to enter different markets and try out the different markets because at this stage, you know, I'm just, I'm busy trying out, um, you know, see if, will it work? What is required? Who can I partner with? Is it a worthwhile partnership? You know, um, and then once, you know, once you kind of get the foot in the door, it's a matter of saying, how do I now get the whole foot in, both feet in, move the whole body in you know <laughs> and it's gonna take time and um and and for me that's you know my focus is on building the brand um and that's the reason why i decided to sort of outsource the production that then he does i don't get tied down on being yeah. worried about running a brewery but focus more on you know how do i get the brand out there and 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 all the other work that i do you know, whether I'm in Rwanda or wherever, at the back of at the back of everything, there's always, you know, we need to get the Logazi word out there, and um, we need to get more people to know about the brand. We need more people to enjoy it, and if they keep wanting it, then obviously happy days, and um, <laughs> and uh, hopefully in a, in a few years to come, we'll we'll be a a real global brand that has um, sales like that are 
Like millions and millions and millions of hectoliters. <laughs> and then everyone will accuse you of selling out. <laughs> and then <you> <laughs> I hope not, but yeah. <laughs> you never know, never know. <laughs> it's a bad problem to have though, wouldn't it be? <laughs> All right, listen, um, thanks a million. Um, was there anything I should have, by the way, I should have brought up or asked, was there something that you, you wanted to mention that I didn't ask you about? No, I don't think so. I think we covered quite a lot. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, so it was brilliant. So the best of luck for the year. Um, hopefully, we will. I will be able to taste some of those beers sometime. If you're wandering around Belgium, you're you're possibly going to Leuven Innovation Beer Festival as well. Is that right? Yes, yes, possibly. Yeah. So I I I, I met uh, is it Andre? I think. Okay, I know uh, Jeff there, uh, but um. Um, yeah, when I was there um, last late last year, I uh, met up with uh, one of the guys. And yeah, so if I do crack the invite, I'll, it, it is on my question. But because but, I, I do have to come back to Belgium. So it's a matter of what do I come for on top of the beer. So if I've got another reason to come, then I can sort okay. of like uh, make what? it a worthwhile trip. But I'll definitely when I'm planning when I once I know my dates I will let you know and then we can maybe see if we can meet up for yep, a beer Excellent, that would be that would be a definite yes for me anyway. So um, okay, so look, I'll let you go. Like I said, you've got such a busy schedule. I better I better let you go and get back to doing <laughs> doing more brand building and everything else you're doing, um, building your your charities and and. I don't know. I, I'm a, I'm still in awe of how much you get done. So um, <laughs> well, well, now I'm at home with the kids and the husband. So <laughs> all right. Well, listen, Aviva, thanks a million for the time, and um, yeah, hopefully we'll see you around, and hopefully people outside of South Africa will get a will get a good chance to to taste some of the Tolakazi beers in in the next year. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks a million. Bye.